Leanne from the Alberta Motorcycle Safety Society and welcome to Think Bike, a podcast about all things motorcycle and the voice of motorcycle safety and awareness in Alberta. We will talk about everything from tips and myths on gear, maintenance, techniques, education, and so much more with our very informed guests. So thank you for joining us. On our last episode, we were talking with James McCarthy about gear and decided to do a part two on this because there's just so much to talk about. So welcome back, James, for round two. Thank you for having me again. <laughs> we won't go through intros because we've done enough of telling everybody who you are. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's, just, let's just jump right back into this. So on our last episode, we were talking about the different styles of jackets, which also relates to pants, whether it's leather, textile, mesh more for jackets, you know, there's Kevlar this, armored that. And we kind of touched a little bit. I, I kind of mentioned there's this air vest or air jacket technology that has been um, a lot more prevalent in the last couple of years, which I know was a big MotoGP thing, but it's really come a way that the everyday person can pick up some of this. I really don't know a lot about the technology. I've only seen it once in action at a bike show when they did an Alpine stars demonstration, but you do know about this stuff. So let's talk a bit about this cool technology and how it enhances safety. Yeah, you know, it, it started um, actually quite a while ago when uh, Goldwings actually started getting airbags. <clears throat> then, um, uh, wait, airbags. wait, 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 wait. Goldwings have airbags? <laughs> <laughs> this started back a while ago. <laughs> I you know, didn't know that. So it was um, it, uh, primarily was a couple of companies. It was uh, Dane EC and RS Tai Chi who were focusing on uh, air systems to keep racers safer. I mean, of course, they talked about this with um, with the Daily Rider as well and systems that would uh, protect them in, in the event of leaving the motorcycle or, or, or being rear-ended for that matter. Um, so they came up with, um, it's called a T-Raps system by RS Tai Chi, and it was a tether system where if the rider came off the bike, it would uh, expand and, and protect certain parts of their body uh, based on the different types of, of riding they were doing. So the race suits have a different kind of protection than, say, like an air vest would for the daily rider. It's, it protects different areas because of the speeds that are involved in the type of injuries associated with coming off a bike at those speeds. So <clears throat> this has been, um, it's becoming pop more and more popular. You'll see things like the hit air vest. Uh, there's a lot of manufacturers of, of um, air vests that have this, and those are usually tethered systems where if you get uh, dislodged from the bike, uh, it expands super quick. It's like uh, 20 to 40 milliseconds, depending on uh, the size of the coat. So the larger the coat, the slightly slower of an inflation. Uh, and um, now it's getting to the point where it's super technical with uh, Alpine Stars and, and Dionysi. Um, they have uh, untethered systems where they're using um, different types of, uh, of electronics like um, potentiometers, that's that sort of thing built into the system uh, and GPS where if uh, it detects something happening, it's automatically going to deploy. Uh, and it's again, that 20 to 40 millisecond range. Now, you can still buy the vest. You can buy a vest from these companies, so Danisi and also Alpine Stars. You can buy the vest and you can put it under your existing riding coat. But you have to be careful. There's a caveat there that 
you have to make sure the coats that it's going under have expandable panels because the last thing we want to do is oh. have something exploding inside of a coat that isn't designed to have expanding panels and then create more injuries. So it does exactly the opposite <laughs> of what we want. So um, definitely if you are going to size yourself up for one of these air vests or, or riding coats or adventure touring coats, um, they are fantastic and it adds another layer of protection definitely. Um, but I don't think anything will ever, um, and nothing's going to be having awesome rider training and being situationally aware as a rider. I mean, I think that's the best insurance, but there's nothing wrong with, with this. These air systems are fantastic. And like you said, they're becoming more and more affordable. So a tethered system would be for anybody who's in racing, I guess, well, land speed racing, for sure, we have to tether to our kill switch. So it'd be kind of a similar thing that if you came off in that tether detached, then it would inflate. Yeah. So there's two systems. So it's the tethering system that it deploys it for you, sort of like yeah. um, pulling a ripcord on a parachute, even though it's a pilot chute. Um or um, there's a, an electronic signal that's sent based on on the uh, uh, the potentiometers built into the system. So uh, there's two variants. The racing one now, they don't have a tether. So um, I know what you're talking about is the kill switch tether. But with these new systems, they don't even require a tether. That's how advanced they're getting. And they're basically like it's a one shot like what the one that i saw at the at the bike show a couple of years ago and they did the demo the alpine stars one i think there was like a canister that was attached to it and then it like expands the jacket but it's like a one shot then you have to go and replace the canister to re-engage the jacket yeah, so to it's speak. argon gas you're right and um you just replace the canister now some some like um the hit air vest and some of the others you can actually re, uh, repackage the uh deployment uh bags and just replace the canister and then you're good to go and then some of the higher end variants like the dynasty the race suit ones you'll have to send it back to get um uh, to the manufacturer to get done correctly and that could be anywhere from three to four hundred dollars to recharge the system but again, it's doing its job based on on the type of riding that you're doing. So if you're on the racetrack and you're hitting 300 kilometers an hour, I definitely think you want to have all the protection you possibly can. So it kind of would be like it auto wraps you in bubble wrap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, depending on uh, the kind of riding you're doing. So obviously the street versions are going to be more for the um, um, like the abdomen, chest uh, area uh, where the, a lot of the major impacts occur and the race versions are going to be more in the shoulders and neck area. So it really depends on the type of uh, riding you're doing uh, and it deploys a different way too, right? So it, you have to get the, the rider dependent one. So if you're on the track, you have to get the track specific one. You wouldn't want to wear a hit air vest or something like that on the racetrack. Well, I think it's overkill for the daily rider to have a racetrack version. Yeah, you know, it definitely, I mean, I, I actually don't think the racetrack version of that air system would even really work really well on the street. It's definitely designed purely for uh, the racetrack. That's just, it's such a cool thing. Like I remember seeing it and you're right. If you don't have those expanding panels, that explosion's going, it has to go somewhere. So it would it. like crush your ribs and stuff, but it's not for like pants. It's just for torso, correct? Yeah, you got it. This protects the vital organs. Because I can only imagine if there was, you know, pants that did that. 
for, <laughs> for gentlemen, it might not be a comfortable explosion. But yeah, I think I think that's what the fighter pilots wear. Don't they wear like a G suit or something that inflates the legs and keep the blood? I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not a pilot. So, but, um, you know, when we were talking earlier, uh, the last time we chatted, we talked about um, coats. We, yeah. It is such an important thing. So we're kind of touching on fit. So remember, we don't want our, our riding gear to be too big or too snug. We yeah. want it to be snug, but too big means we're going to be have potentially if we do come off the bike, that leather or textile isn't doing its job because it's rolling around too much. And if it's too tight, you could have an explosion of, at the seams um, because it's uh, it has nowhere to go, sort of similar to the airbag thing we were talking about without the expanding panels. So make sure that the gear you're buying, whether it's, um, you know, whatever coat you're purchasing, it's snug with a little bit of room to put a sweater inside. Well, and I was just going to say that a lot of people be like, well, I want to put a hoodie in underneath and, and that's fine. But there's also a lot of jackets out there that have incredible liner designs that are also removable. So keep that in mind when like I actually at this point, I'm rarely using my liners in my jackets. I put hoodies on because I then I layer out. But when it gets warmer, I take my layers off. But uh, I should probably use my liners. That look you're giving me <laughs> that nobody can see is like, why aren't you using your liners? That's what they're made for. Well, no judgments here. I think you just got to do what you got to do. And I mean, obviously, all the protection in the world uh, isn't a guarantee of anything. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we know that. We know um, that uh, the object of riding gear is to protect you from uh, the elements, from potential abrasions and, and punctures, etc. All those things that could happen if you come off the motorcycle. Uh, armor, so though, armor is another side of it. Like minimum yeah. armor should be at least elbows. And you would hope people would want to have something in their back because your spine is your entire body. You got like it. Movement. You know, it's funny you should mention that because it's something that bothers me. Um, I've actually been around uh, the industry for a little while. And when I go to the stores, uh, sometimes I'll see riding gear that doesn't have the C armor in the elbows or the shoulders or the back, and you have to pay extra for it. Now, I mean, this is just being a consumer now. I don't understand how anybody can sell this stuff without having the armor included. So that might be something to think about, too, if you're out there looking at purchasing some gear with some armor, is make sure it's included. I mean, I'm not sure why we're paying an extra $25 or $50 just for that armor that should belong to that coat anyway. But it's funny that you mentioned that because my Denise mesh jacket that we talked about in the other episode I had to buy the back armor that inserts into it. And, but I mean, I'm looking at this jacket and I'm like, it's lovely. It's cool. It breathes. It's Kevlar. It's, it's lovely for Kootenai weather or this past summer in Alberta, which was like ungodly hot, not complaining. <laughs> but then I, I'm like, but there's nothing to it because it's, it's mesh. So it's like, there's no protection for my spine. So I bought the back piece and put mm -hmm. it in. Yeah, I mean, and it's something I've always been surprised by. I think manufacturers really need to get on this. And, and I mean, if they're producing riding gear that's supposed to be for our protection, I think to uh, try to nickel and dime us a little bit with the uh, CE armor uh, inserts, uh, it doesn't make any sense to me. But again, I'm not trying to start a, a, a war with the manufacturers. I'm just as a I'm a consumer too. Yeah. And uh, I wish that that stuff came with uh, the coats. But it's the same thing with the pants. 
You know, when I bought my Kevlar jeans, I had to buy the extra inserts for the armor on my knees. When I bought my Kevlar leggings, it was all together. Like they're, they're the most amazing pants, most comfortable, most comfortable pants I've ever worn. But my Kevlar jeans, I had to buy extra stuff for it. So it's kind of, yeah, you're right. From a consumer standpoint, it's frustrating because we want to be protected in the best way possible. And if you're going to make the pockets for all these things, you should probably just put the things in the pockets. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, it also reminds me of something um, uh, one of my instructors uh, used to say who worked with me. Um, Eric used to always say, um, you know, uh, go out and buy the best riding gear you can afford and then wear it because uh, it doesn't do you any good hanging in the closet. And he's so right. I mean, just because you've bought the gear uh, and it's a nice warm day, you decide to go out and not wear the coat, um, you are going to dehydrate so much quicker you know, hyperthermia versus hypothermia, you're going to, you're not going to, you're going to lose the ability to sweat. It's going to compromise your ability to, um, to deal with all the traffic situations. And I've never understood that to me. I've done that one time and I paid the price and I don't do it anymore. That's where the mesh stuff comes in handy as on those hot days or heavily vented coats, but definitely have some kind of protection from that sun at during the summertime because it's directly on your skin and it's wicking away moisture from your body. And people misunderstand that all the time, but then you get into like the pants side of things and people wear regular jeans. And then James, tell us what happens when you go down wearing regular jeans. Well, I don't know. I've never, I'm actually gone down wearing regular jeans, but I know, I do know what's going to happen. I mean, you know, um, I mean, obviously depending at the speeds, right. I mean, if it's a lower speed, but keep in mind, uh, those lower speeds are, are going to be the stubby injuries. Those are the ones that are going to break uh, wrists and ankles and they're going to twist things and uh, clavicles and shoulder injuries. And those are the ones that typically happen. I mean, nobody, nobody talks about that. They don't talk about rolling their bike out of the garage. And then, um, you know, they look down for a second, all of a sudden they're underneath their bike and then they broke an ankle. That's happened many, many times because I've had those phone calls when I was running my uh, C-Type course or the Nate course where people said I have to cancel my course tomorrow because I was practicing on the bike. I was rolling the bike out of the garage. The bike fell over on me and I broke my ankle because they decided, you know, flip-flops were okay in that situation Or, or they decided no gloves were okay or they decided not wearing a helmet was okay. So to me, um, I don't know about you, Leanne, but for me, even when I was working at the, um, the dealership, um, I found it really weird to sit on a bike without gloves on, at least. Even though yeah. the bike was static and not running, I still felt weird sitting on it without gloves on. I mean, I had a friend of mine over the other day and he was helping me with um, teaching me how to do an oil change on my scrambler because I hadn't done one myself yet because the bike is still new to me and I wanted to learn. And I sat on my bike to hold it up to help drain the oil out. And I was in slippers and like shorts and I'm like, this is really not comfortable. Or when I went from finally getting my head into a a full face helmet versus always wearing a half helmet. And then I wore a half helmet one day and I was like, I can't do this. Like now that the whole thing with AMSS wasn't, I don't just, talk the talk. I walk the walk because I'm super uncomfortable without gloves on, without proper boots on, without proper pants, jacket, you know, the whole nine yards. 
hundred percent. You know, but we also, you know, we people who are out there wearing um, half shell helmets or, or you know, even if the ones who don't want to wear gloves or whatever, as long as they're riding safely, to me, that's the most important part. I mean, people are going to do what they want to do, and there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. We we still have personal choices. Yeah, and we've always said that we can't force people to wear the gear, but we will give you compelling reasons why you should consider it. Exactly, and that's usually through imagery of what happens when you wear the converse to go to the corner store for sure instead of proper boots and now your foot's dangling yeah but also making sure that those boots aren't too thick and bulky so you can't feel the gear change lever or even get under the gear change lever or the the gummy bottoms of the boot get stuck to the foot peg so there's there's those things to consider too so what you said earlier is is 100 correct is you have to get the ideal riding gear get the correct riding gear and motorcycle specific is always going to be the best because it's designed for, for what we do. And that's ride motorcycles. Yeah. And I mean, like I've got gloves that have armor on my knuckles and when I take bees to my hands, that feels pretty good to have that little bit of armor there or the, sure. the palm padding. So if you do go down, cause your instinct is to put your hands down if, Every you're, time. if yeah. you're falling so that, padding that extra padding on your palms which would help you know alleviate some of that impact yeah exactly um i mean that's why racers have those little pads uh, on their gloves and the bottoms of uh, their gloves so if they do uh, come off the bike again like you said the hands come out it's instinctive uh, and when you're coming off the motorcycle that's where a lot of wrist injuries occur so um those pads just re- reduce or the even those um uh, harder kevlar pieces or other um, maybe titanium bits just it allows your hands to slide um, so you don't get those stubby uh, injuries that we were talking about and they make some really cool like mesh vented gloves as well for warmer days that are still fully armored i have a pair that leaves little dots all over my hands which means they're probably too tight (laughs) but (laughs) you know it's um I, it doesn't even matter how warm it is. I mean, all like when I was in the UAE and in Dubai and Abu Dhabi, it gets a little warm there. And I was still wearing gloves, but it was like you say, it's the mesh gloves and, and what a difference it makes. Well, I have rolled into a hotel in Nelson in like the 36 degree weather day. And I just know I'm soaked underneath everything. And I get off my bike and I get it set and I'm literally stripped down in the parking lot <laughs> down to my <laughs> underlayers because I just want my gear off. But at the end of the day, when I'm in motion, it doesn't feel that hot. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and that's the point, right? The point is this, the gear is designed for us as motorcyclists. So they know our riding position based on the gear that we're, we're choosing. They know the, uh, are we behind a windscreen? Is it on a sport bike? And what kind of venting is required? Uh, the materials to make sure that we're able to wick away moisture from our body. So I mean, that's sort of why I tend to prefer um, motorcycle specific. It's not to say that there isn't other good stuff out there. Uh, I'm not um, poo-pooing on, on the non-branded stuff. Um, something is better than nothing for sure, but the motorcycle specific stuff, I mean, you get what you pay for. I mean, this mm-hmm. is like, um, it's like having your, um, mm-hmm. uh, a cousin who held a hammer once built a deck for you. And then you got to, you know, you just wish you would have paid that extra money and got a professional. Right. So <laughs> not that I have any experience with that, but, uh, <laughs> another show, another show completely. Yeah. You got it. So you definitely get what you pay for is the point. 
But at the end of the day, if you're sweating in your gear, then your gear is doing the right thing for you as well. And, and you're not dehydrated and yeah. you're able to pay attention to what's going on. And it yeah, may be a it. little hell in the stop and go traffic when you're going through, let's say Kelowna, where they don't line up all their lights and you have to stop at everyone, you know, things like that. It's, it's, but you have to be sweating. Like if you're, uh, we have this thing at the salt flats. If, if you're not peeing regularly, then you're dehydrated. You yeah, know? We had the and, same, the same thing on the course site too. We always told our students and our staff reminder, like, you know, when you're out there rider training um, for uh, eight to 10 hours a day and you're on the motorcycle and the, uh, the speeds that we're doing are not that fast uh, when we're doing the lot portion, as opposed to the street portion that we did. <clears throat> but um you know, you have to make sure you're consuming plenty of water, but not wearing a coat or not wearing the uh, protection on those hot days is going to make things 10 times worse. It's just that people don't realize that. Yeah. It's a big myth and a big misconception that like wearing tank tops is, you know, better for you on the really hot days. And actually yes. it's a million times worse. And I've done that one time I mentioned, um, I remember I rented a, uh, a Harley fat boy in Vegas and I decided to put my coat in the, um, it came with uh, hard bags. Um, I think it was from a, a touring bike or something, but it looked really cool. So I took my coat, stuffed it in there, and I was making my way to uh, Death Valley. And I had to pull over because I was ready to pass out. And I didn't know why. Uh, and then it kind of obviously clued in that I was completely dehydrated. So it ruined my entire ride. So I spent three days in the hotel with AC full blast uh, just to try to and drinking water endlessly just to try to get uh, back to normal so you do that thing once yeah uh, so, <laughs> so uh, i highly recommend uh, against um, not wearing uh riding when it's really riding gear when it's really warm definitely put something and back at the start of my riding career i you know i was well, as long as i'm wearing proper boots and and pants and gloves and my helmet i'm fine and i'd wear tank tops and my i only did it once was the one day that i got really badly burnt and yeah. so that ties in also to the dehydration and i didn't get to the point where you were at because it was like really just a day trip out but i got really badly burnt on my skin and some people can say well sunblock sure sunblock but you're still dehydrating if, so, yeah. if you're out there back to that story about the um las vegas harley rental uh they actually tell you at the rental stores, do not go to Death Valley and, um, during the hot season. And everyone's like, well, why? Because the bike can't take it. It's nothing to do with the bike. It has to do with the rider. The riders typically can't take it. They've had a lot of incidences where the riders pass out on the bike. The bike ends up in the ditch. Uh, and they've had to go pick up the motorcycle, obviously. And hopefully there were no injuries to the rider. But that's the reason is because when you're getting to the extreme heat, um, yeah, riding without a coat is a, is a massive mistake, but also being prepped, like you said, with uh, proper hydration. Yeah. So basically just to kind of wrap this all up, gear is better than no gear. <laughs> <laughs> for so many reasons. Yeah. No kidding. It's like seatbelt is better than no seatbelt when you're in a car for sure. Yeah. And I mean, we're super vulnerable. Why would you not want to have your best chance of getting out of an incident in the best way possible? But, yeah, for sure. I mean, but the price point will always play the biggest role. I think so. Fit probably fit first and foremost, because yeah. I mean, the old, the old saying was, 
Um, if you had a $100 um, a helmet, you have a $100 head, which I've never agreed to because nowadays you can get phenomenal helmets that are, they don't have to be $1,500 helmets to be good. So, um, I mean, this, the things have changed, regulations have changed, and the quality of materials and production has changed. So you can get some really good stuff. You don't have to spend a mint to get it. Just make sure, like, like again, motorcycle specific is always going to be better than non-motorcycle specific. And fit, absolutely number one. Yeah, I 100% agree. And I would like to, where we were kind of um, poo-pooing a little bit on the manufacturers for not including all the armor stuff, I will give the one big credit. There is a ton of phenomenal ladies gear out there now. Uh, When I first started, it was really hard to find. And now it's like the amount of different kinds of pants. Just please stop making it all in pink. That would be my <laughs> biggest thing. Some of us are not pink people. Just because we're girls doesn't mean we're pink lovers. But um, Gotcha. Understood. You know, we could talk about gear all day long. And yeah. I think what we'll do, James, is like we're wrapping up our season one right now. We have one more episode to go in season one. And it's been such a great year. Um, I know if I came to you and said, let's do some more on season two, you're in, right? Yeah. Well, we haven't touched on gloves. We haven't touched on boots. We haven't touched on rain gear. We haven't touched on any of those things. And, and, and we still have a lot to cover on the previous stuff too. So yeah, count me in. Let's do a couple of more episodes for next season and, and let's make sure that everyone out there has the best information possible. And I think we'll do that early on in season two. So when people are ramping up to get back out there, then they have like all the information on everything that we could do a million episodes on. Yeah. Look forward to it. Awesome. So with that, I want to thank James McCarthy for being our last official guest of the season. Although we have our season finale next, next episode is our season one finale episode, but I want to thank you again for all of the great information about gear. I mean, like we we really like to touch on our people that we trust that are so knowledgeable on everything. Um, to make sh- sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say yeah, and then we can get on, into more of this stuff because there's so much to cover. As every motorcyclist out there knows, and I'm sure there's tons of questions. Ask your questions on Facebook, on the AMSS uh, Facebook page, mm-hmm. and we're happy to address them. I mean, Leanne, you're really good at that. So um, if you have questions, folks, definitely uh, hit up Leanne at the AMSS and on the uh, Instagram page as well. Yeah, because I will go to our experts and get you a credible answer versus just my opinion. And that is something that we're very proud of that we always do. Subscribe or follow wherever you get your podcast ear candy. If there's a topic that you would like us to cover or a guest that you think would be great on the show, let us know how. Well, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, where you'll also get great information on motorcycle safety and awareness, or reach out to us through our website at AB dash amss.org always remember to ride smart ride safe and think bike and we'll well we won't see you out on the road because it's almost winter but we'll see you next season 